Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Cece. Welcome to Myth and Macabre, where we dive into the worlds of the paranormal, supernatural, and everything creepy in between. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at some haunted main hotels. Enjoy! Who doesn't love a good haunted house? As many of us experienced a few weeks ago, Halloween is full of old factories set up with tricks and treats, but mostly tricks. We love feeling scared. Haunted hayrides, haunted house attractions, scary movies, even McCammy Manor for those brave enough. Do you not know what McCammy Manor is? I don't. What is McCammy Manor? Manor. No, that was not weird. <laughs> what is that? What is that? It's That's not the real life one where the guy it is. really. It's an immersive, like, real life haunted horror house. It's creepy. Ew. Okay. And, and he only asks that you pay him a bag of dog food. That's disgusting. <laughs> Well, it's not for him. He donates it to charity. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's really gross. Um, (laughs) But anyway. Sorry I interrupted you. No, that's fine. I looked at you and you looked confused, so I had to ask. (laughs) So these are all in controlled environments. But what happens when we come across a real haunted house? The reality that the movies are based on. The reality is a thing of nightmares. Today we will take a look at some of Maine's most haunted hotels, places that people go to get a glimpse of a ghost and the thrill that raw fear induces. I am so excited. I have toured a haunted hotel in Colorado, the Stanley, the one that Stephen King based The Shining off of, but I've never stayed at one. I'm really excited to hear I know what you've got I'm to like, say. I don't think I've stayed at a haunted hotel either because usually I stay at the Hampton because, you know. It's cheaper. I was going to say, I don't know, that's where I would stay too, so I get it. I love the idea of an inn, but it always costs more than the Hampton. Shucks. So the first hotel we're going to talk about is the Admiral Peary Inn. The Admiral Peary Inn was built in 1865, and Robert Edwin Peary lived in it from 1877 to 1881. Lived in it as a house, or was it a hotel at that point? No, it was a house. It was built in 1865 as a home, and then he lived in it as a home. And I'm not sure who lived in it before him. I didn't really have too much information on that, but they refer to it as the Admiral Peary Inn because of Robert, who lived there from 1877 to 1881. So during the time that he lived there, he worked in the town as a curator, a taxidermist, and a justice of the peace. That's quite the collection of hobbies. It is. Um, he just, he gets more interesting as we go on. Oh, man. In a if good you're way. already starting off with he's a taxidermist <laughs> and a justice of the peace, and we're about to get more exciting, I'm, I'm in it. Yay. So in 1881, he left Maine and went to Washington, D.C. to go work as a civil engineer in the Navy. Okay. Trying to figure out what a civil engineer in the Navy does, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm not super sure. When I think of civil engineers, I think of, like, people who create, like, maps for where roads are going to go and stuff. So, like, okay, I don't know what you would do in the Marines with that, but all right. Anyway, um, so after spending a few assignments working in tropical areas, he became very interested in the far north. I don't know why working in tropical areas would make you think about ice caps, but... Are we talking, like, further north than Maine, or are we calling Maine the far north? Oh, no, 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 like... Like North Pole North. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I wouldn't really consider Maine the far north because, you know, we have like all of Canada above us. Yeah. But okay. So he's like real far north. Real far north. So he was eventually granted a six-month leave of absence on April 6th of 1886. And during this time, he was going to lead an expedition to Greenland. 
1888, he met and married and started a family with a woman named Josephine Diebit, Diebeicht, German. So she and their children accompanied him on many of his northern expeditions over the next 23 years, because he now spent 23 years on and off going to and from the north between his time That's working as a cool. civil engineer. Could you imagine, like, as a kid, like, where are you going? Oh, we're just going to hang out in Greenland for, like, a month with my dad. No big deal. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It is. Over the 23 years, he made a total of eight expeditions to explore the North, and on three of these expeditions, he attempted to reach the North Pole. He did fi- he ever succeed? He did. He finally reached it on his last expedition on April 6th of 1909, which is exactly 23 years after he was granted that first leave of absence from the Navy to start his whole I want to find the North project. The pole that he reached was the geographical North Pole, which is located in the Arctic Sea somewhere, not the northernmost continental point that we all think of when we think of the North Pole. So not like on ground. Sounds like it was like he's in the middle of the ocean. I'm at the North Pole. Yes, like I made it to the actual North Pole. That's cool. So Robert Peary is the first human known to accomplish this, to make it to the, the actual North Pole. Oh, no way. Okay. I was like, I'm trying to like wrap my head around like, I just have this call to adventure to the north because I don't quite get it. But that's really kind of cool. Yeah. So he returned to D.C. for the remainder of his life. And and this was all after he lived in this location that will become a haunted hotel. Yeah, they named it after him because he became like, he was famous, like the most famous kind of. person that lived in the house. So it, it essentially became Okay, like, but he sounds like he like only lived there for a handful of years and yeah, I think it was had like, like a big long life after five he lived years. there. Yeah. Okay. So he returned to D.C. where he lived out the remainder of his life, and he died in 1920. And then he was buried in the Arlington National Cemetery. So did he die in D.C. too, I'm assuming? Like, he did. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and he died, I guess, still a member of the Navy or a retired member of the Navy because he's in Arlington. Makes sense. So the home is currently a bed and breakfast. They don't really play into the haunted hotel situation, and they don't really market it like that. Although all the information I found above about his expeditions was from their website. So they do talk about him, just not necessarily like the haunted part of it. How did you find out that this hotel was haunted? It was on a top 10 haunted hotels in Maine list. So they're like, yeah, other people call us haunted, but we don't talk about it. That's You know what? I was really disappointed because a lot of the things on my list here were on like, you know, top 10 haunted places. But then there was like no real evidence to back it up that is such a shame i I mean like i said i don't have a ton of experience with haunted hotels but like the stanley plays it up i definitely stood in the (laughs) hallway and heard about like three different ghosts just in that wing of the hotel yeah and like i've always lived not too far from lizzie borden which is a topic we'll get into a little bit later this season but like they're not afraid to be like, yeah, we're haunted. Come oh, no. do a ghost tour. They have like framed pictures of the crime scene on their walls. Like it's amazing. I've so, never been, but I know that they have them there. That's awesome. <laughs> but like, so then it's really weird that there's like these hotels in Maine that are like on the list of top 10 haunted and they're just like, we don't really talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Like we're here, but we don't talk about it. Other people talk about it, but we don't talk about it. So yeah. So they don't really play into the haunted hotel. They don't market it like that. They reportedly don't even tell guests about the hauntings unless someone brings it up. Like if someone goes up to the owners, they'll be like, hey, so like this weird thing happened and the owners will be like, oh yeah, that's just like the ghost, but we don't talk about the ghost. 
I hope you're going to tell us about the ghost and which room is haunted so that if we want to This go one doesn't stay. have a room. It's just like the... I know. It's weird. This one's weird. They're all weird. Yes, I'm excited see. to hear about them. I understand I maybe just made a disappointed face at you across the table, but I'm still very <laughs> still excited, excited to hear about them. So the guests that do end up reporting the hauntings, they frequently report seeing a seven or eight-year-old little girl around the property. So she's like running through the halls and she's on the property. And it's not like a specific room or anything. There's literally no record of a girl around that age living or dying on the property at all. Like this isn't like the admiral's daughter. I mean, we don't know about the guy that owned the house before the admiral. Maybe it's his daughter. It could be. Maybe. Is there any like record or any reports of like what era she seems to be from? Nope. Just a seven or eight year old little girl running around the property. All right. So a psychic once told the hotel owners that the ghost is that of a little girl named Annabelle, not like the movie, and the psychic was not Lorraine Warren. Although, let's be honest, Annabelle now seems to be a pretty haunted name. It does, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure exactly when that was. It didn't reference like when the psychic came and told them, so I don't know if it was before or after the movie or... Anyway, I don't think it really matters. Her name is Annabelle. That's what they call her. She's seven or eight. She runs around the property. And that's about all the haunting that I could find for the Admiral Peary Inn. Just the one little girl ghost? Just the one little girl ghost. Does she seem happy? Does she seem sad? Does she seem angry? I have so many questions. I couldn't really find too much. Like, so there was a link on one of the sites that I found, and it said you can hear her staking her claim to the hotel. And I clicked on it, and it literally brought me nowhere. So I don't know if it was like some kind of audio that was supposed to be of her, but it didn't take me anywhere. It doesn't sound like she's angry, but they don't refer to her as particularly happy either. So she's not like sometimes in the middle of the night, people have reported hearing giggling. Like no, no, not here. Okay, not not here, not here. Oh, there's giggling somewhere else. Disembodied giggling. <laughs> Creepy. Actually, it's the next one that we're going to talk about. Has, oh, has okay. Some giggling. So, talk about a segue. So the next one we're going to talk about is the Lime Rock Inn, which is in Rockland, Maine. The property was originally owned by Dr. Oren Lowry. He didn't live there when he purchased it. He used it as an office for his medical practice. There's literally no other information other than that about it. Are um, you about to tell us about medical malpractice ghosts? I'm not, no. There weren't reports of medical malpractice, unfortunately. Um, I want all of these places to be so much more haunted than they I are. I know, I was so disappointed. Well, at least to have the one. stories about it. Right. So the only reports that I could find about it being haunted were like the brief site descriptions on like the top 10, top 25 lists. Okay. Kind of things. Um, there was no links that I could find anywhere to anything concrete. I went down newspaper.com rabbit holes for days on all of these and couldn't find anything that's so like if something's on a list of like this is one of the most haunted hotels like where are you getting your information if there you can't find it anywhere else right so interested yeah exactly i'm very upset about this but we're gonna we're gonna go with it because i worked really hard and i didn't want my work to be for nothing i understand (laughs) so all of these like top 10 top 25 sites they claim that there are ghosts in the parlor of patients waiting to be seen the stairs seem to be particularly haunted or like home to paranormal energy a lot of guests report hearing children giggling on the stairs and groups of people having a conversation like they're just hearing it but there's nobody physically there interesting has anyone tried to debunk it is it some kind of like acoustic anomaly where like people in a room below are just echoey up the stairs 
I don't I didn't see anything about anyone trying to debunk it, but I mean I'm assuming that that someone maybe has tried at some point, but it didn't really say too much. But that's all I got on on Lime Rock. <laughs> so the next one we're going to go into is the Greenville Inn, which is in Greenville, Maine. And it's very similar to Lime Rock in the fact that there's, like, no information outside of, like, the top 10, top 25 blurbs. That is so, so weird to me. It is. But guests at this inn report unexplained voices and tap dancing. Was there, is there, like, a dance hall in the inn? Is there any history that would link it to... Nope. Tap dancing mm. ghosts? Not that I could find. But the tap dancing seems to be prevalent in room 302. So if you're looking for a haunted room at the Greenville Inn, I would say 302 is where you want to be. There's also reports of an apparition of a woman, and she seems to be kind and friendly. She's not like a scary ghost. I mean, it would probably be startling to just see like a woman appear in front of you. Yeah, um, but if she's like coming to tuck you in, I guess that seems... <laughs> I said that and then it was like the vision of a ghost trying to bring a blanket near your face. I would just assume I was about to get strangled. Exactly. But, but no, nice. she seems she seems to be nice and friendly. The next thing we're going to get into is going to be the Lucerne Inn, which is in Dedham, Maine. And this is another one that comes up with a lot of like spooky things on like the most haunted Maine have list. we discussed the number one on the most haunted list? I be- well, there, it's different depending on the site, but the one that seems to be pretty consistent through all of them, this is this one that we're going to talk about that has little information, and the next one that has a little bit more information. Okay, they tend to be like around the top two pretty regularly? Yeah. Okay, cool. So this one has many people saying that the hauntings are the result of a murder-suicide that happened in the hotel. Oh, finally something juicy. Um, awesome. Just wait. <laughs> it's it's not really <laughs> unfortunate. I know. I'm so disappointed. I just can't keep I just keep saying I'm disappointed cuz I am. So most of the activity is reported in rooms 5 and 8 and supposedly the story is that cheating wife and her lover were found by her husband in room 8. Um he killed her in a jealous rage and then went down to room 5 where he killed himself. So that's why 5 and 8 are the haunted rooms. People report feeling cold spots in the rooms, hearing voices like outside the windows when there's nobody out there, doors opening and closing on their own. There's also a piano, I think, in the lobby that will play when nobody's in the lobby. So now I'm getting to... Okay, that one was at least like kind of interesting. Were you able to find any news articles about that? Like about the, the no. actual murder-suicide? No, I went down newspapers.com couldn't find anything at all about it they did have a snippet in the newspaper of i mean i guess you could call it a crime but it's not really that much of a crime it's anyway what kind of crime was it you can't that... <laughs> no we're getting there oh okay um so the only thing that i found was that a veteran came in to the hotel and was threatening some guests with a gun the gun didn't even go off nobody was hurt physically anyway so it wouldn't be a situation that would cause a ghost, we don't think. No, yeah. Like, he was taken out with, you know, out incident. Like, they came and they took him and arrested him or whatever. But that was the only thing that I could find in any newspaper article anywhere that I looked as far as criminal activity on the premises. I wonder if this is why these hotels don't talk about it. I know. <laughs> if they're like, yeah, somebody made up this story about our hotel. We've got nothing to back it up. Yeah. It's also another one where there's no mention of any kind of hauntings on their website. So if people are experiencing these things, the hotel's not like talking it up and trying to 
to market it that way. So, like, part of me is, like, I could see if you were in, like, a place where you were it was important for the guests that you got to like like it, it was important for your bottom line and you probably weren't going to get a lot of ghost hunters to not market that you're haunted right you want people to stay but like the fact that none of these are marketing it up I'm like I feel like that's almost the most telling part yeah but like I'm still just on a hunt for like that ghost story that has like a really juicy backstory where you're like, and I looked it up and this was real and this was real and this like. So this uh, next one, I do have like things to back it up. There's like. Okay. I'm so excited. It's not juicy, but it's, there's proof that things happen. I mean, I need a really juicy one at some point, but I'll take this one. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. I'll find one. I'll do another one that's really juicy. But unfortunately, mean is not where it's at. I, I mean. I have nothing mean to say about Maine. I enjoy all every trip I've ever taken to Maine. I have enjoyed, but it doesn't seem like the most exciting of places most no. of the time. No, it's not. I have family that grew up in Maine. They they did not describe it as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so this last one that we're going to talk about is the Kennebunk Inn in Kennebunk, Maine, and this is the only one that kind of made me go, hmm, maybe there's something to this one. Okay, saving the best for last. Saving the best for last. Get all the disappointment out of the way first. (laughs) Um, So it was built in 1799 by a man named Phineas Cole. He used it as his personal residence. It continued to change change hands over the years. Um, It changed hands a few times until it was sold in 1928. Prior to 1928, it had been used as a residence for like all the families that it changed hands to. In 1928, George Baitler bought it. And he turned it into a hotel that he named the Tavern, which is weird because taverns make me think of food. Typically, right? Food and drink. Like, yeah. But no, this tavern is for lodging. I think it's a main thing because I was re- researching something else for like another episode in Maine. And there was another place like referred to as the Tavern. That was a hotel. Which you know is weird because I always thought about tavern. inns being the ones with hotels and taverns being like you could maybe get a room, but they're mostly like food and drink. Yeah. But I might be totally wrong. I just read too many fantasy novels. I don't know. But um, I just had an epiphany and maybe now I can get more information for my other one that I was researching because maybe it's the same tavern. Ooh, <laughs> cool. Um, so we'll keep you updated if I get anything on that. So anywho. George had it renovated to house about 50 guest rooms, and in the 1930s, he decided to change the name to the Kennebunk Inn, which is what it's known as today, which makes more sense to me because we're sleeping and not eating. Is it still open today? It is. Oh, cool. The main spirit of the Kennebunk Inn is said to be that of a man that used to work the front desk. He worked as like the night auditor. His name was Silas Perkins, which Silas is a fun name. That was almost my oldest name, but it didn't go well with the middle name that I picked so I went with something else. (laughs) Silas Perkins is a familiar sounding name. We're gonna get there and I was hoping that you would say that. Oh yay okay so I should have heard of this name. Got Uh, it. I mean most people probably didn't but I would assume that you would. All right I was gonna say I'm like oh I feel like I know a Silas Perkins okay. Yep. Um, Not personally the story. But I know of it. (laughs) Uh, Of him. So he's reportedly not a fan of renovations, and he becomes excessively active when renovations are taking place. Nice. He doesn't Silas seem to be like, like, I don't know how I can be the night person for that area. Don't build it. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't there when I was alive. 
but yeah, so he he's not a fan of res- renovations. He doesn't really seem to be too um, harmful. I would say he he doesn't like go around you know scratching people and doing. He's not like, like malicious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good words. Yay. I'm glad one of us can work. I had caffeine this morning and like some other times when we record. I did too, but it's not working. So who was Silas Perkins? He was a poet of the 1930s and he became known as the people's poet. So that's probably where you've heard his name because That makes sense, yeah. Um, in his later years, he worked as the night watchman at the Kennebunk Inn so that he could have room and board and a small paycheck. He lived in room 17, which I didn't see anything about a ton of hauntings like in room 17 it kind of seems to be more like around the common areas of the inn that he likes to that he likes to walk around i couldn't find any like specific information on his birth date it it varies depending on what source okay you're looking at closest thing i found for his birth date was august 12th 1880 but even that still doesn't really make complete sense I was able to find his obituary, and he died at the Kennebunk Inn on June 1st, 1952. All it said was after a brief illness. There are some reports that will say it was a heart attack or something else, so it's not sure exactly what it was, but his obituary is a brief illness. Okay, yeah, so probably not like something he was diagnosed with and had for an extended period of time kind of thing. And according to the obituary, he was 77 when he died, which makes that birth date of August 12th. 1880 not make sense because math (laughs) (laughs) because math (laughs) because 1880 to 1952 is not 77 years it is 72 years right yes i was like don't ask me i know i I know i said i had caffeine but i I can't do math but i can't do math. no that's fine anyway math doesn't make sense so there's many sources that have conflicting and blatantly incorrect information about his time at the inn. So most of the information I went with was from newspaper articles because I feel like those would be the most accurate. Maybe yeah, not like completely hopefully accurate. the best researched back before the early 2000s journalism was a serious career. So <laughs> Right. So like some sources will claim that he worked as the night watchman in the 60s. Obviously not true. He died in 1952. Some sources say that he died in 1940. Again, also not true. His obituary literally says 1952. Most of the sites claim that he was 80 when he died. I'm going to go with 77 because that's what his obituary said. I could see somebody in passing being like, oh, yeah, he was like 80, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then just running with not it. too far off. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know if I don't know if you have any history writing obituaries, but mostly the family does it because that makes sense. So I would assume that his family knew his actual age. So, For what it's worth, I used to work in the classified section of a newspaper for my first job, oh, yeah. and I did have to type up obituaries. I did not write them myself. I just, like, they got faxed over and had to be typed up. But everyone I ever did, I'm assuming a family member wrote, but then was, like, faxed over, like, through the funeral home. Okay. But I'm under the impression that they were written by family members. So yeah. I would assume... I would hope that they would know how old their family member is. Although I think that it sounds like Silas was born during a time when like if he records. was like a home birth, there probably wasn't actually a record of his birth. Yeah. So it could just be like, well, he's 77 because those are the last couple of years worth of birthdays we celebrated where, you know. 75, 76, and 77. So that's how old he is, even if there is like a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. But yeah, families do definitely write obituaries, that is fact. 
So I was also unable to find how long he lived and worked at the inn. I looked for it. It just referenced that he worked there in his later years. So I don't know how long that was. Okay. So yeah, getting a little bit up there in age takes a job where he's just like doing overnights is probably super easy. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I can see that being a thing. Yep. So what does Silas do when he haunts people or things? It's so funny because I'm not, even, I'm not even entirely sure I believe in ghosts, but I'm like, yes, what does he do when he haunts? Yeah. So the Kenny Bunk Inn has, as you know, most inns and hotels, they have like some kind of restaurant or place that you can eat. And many of the waitresses that work in this part of the hotel, they report that glasses will levitate off their beverage trays. That's awesome. Which, if I was a waitress and I saw that, I would uh, nope out of there real quick. Yeah, but if they tell you that during your orientation and then your glass starts to levitate and you're like, what up, Silas? I don't know. That's not too bad. Put it back, Silas. It's not yours. (laughs) (laughs) The man needs a drink. (laughs) There's a decorative old fire alarm box, which I guess obviously isn't a working fire alarm, but it's like an old box that they have as like a decoration on the wall. There's reportings that it flew six feet off the wall twice so like it flew off the wall and landed like six feet away on two occasions one of these occasions it dented um, a nearby wooden french door whoa so it it's coming off with some force um the only thing i could really find where he i guess you could say attacked a person (laughs) was when three carved wooden mugs were hurled at a bartender's head just from nowhere? Just from nowhere. But it was kind of interesting because the engraved mugs had wooden monks on them and they had the words, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. So I don't know if the bartender was was talking some smack. <laughs> and Silas was like, we don't stand for that. Right. I would be interested with the decor piece, the like old fashioned fire alarm thing. They weren't like, I would be interested to know if there's any correlation between when those events happened. Like, did they happen on an anniversary of a fire that Silas was working during? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, is this ghost like, I need to pull the fire alarm? <laughs> like, let me just throw this at the door real quick. Well, maybe he, like, tried to, you know, muster up some energy to actually pull it and miscalculated. Maybe. Maybe he's not good at math either. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure exactly, like, the dates on any of those because it didn't really have it. It was just kind of, like, the people telling their stories. Yeah, in the past, this has happened kind of thing. There is a handyman that worked there, and he had reported hearing heavy footsteps when he was alone. Uh, his tools would go missing and then reappear reappear in locations that they have never been brought to. Candles would fly off shelves. Radios would turn on and off mysteriously, you know, like back when hotel rooms had radios in them, like clock radios. <laughs> okay. Because I don't think that's a thing anymore. But they would turn on and off mysteriously. Silas likes to hang out in the basement, it seems. They're have been like some new employees that quit after their first day at work. Now, are we talking new employees like in recent years or? This came from an article that I believe was from the 90s. Okay. So recent enough. Yeah. There's a bartender that they interviewed for one of the articles and he stated that one of the new employees on her first day was sent down to the basement. Moments later, she ran up the stairs, stopping only long enough to grab her things, ran out the front door and never came back. Did she ever say, like, no? why? No, just ran out the door and didn't come back. Because, like, part of me would be like, well, did she see a ghost? Or was, like, 
there's something living down there like <laughs> that shouldn't be or is she like super afraid of rats and there was a rat like well she's not the only one that feels things in the basement so there oh, was yay. another okay. employee <laughs> who one time went up to the owners and said that she didn't want to do anything that involved the basement she didn't want to get supplies from the ba- they had asked her to get supplies and she was like no i'm not going to do that i don't like the basement it creeps me out i'm not going down there she said she was sensitive to spirits and felt a presence down there that she referred to as cyrus that so like also that's creepy this instance here with her and the basement situation that is what caused the owners to investigate the history so they didn't know about silas until after this and she picked the name cyrus of all the names in the world kind of weird way so i find it really hard to believe that the waitress like knew this history because like this is why the owners went into it the owners you know kind of like thought she was just being dramatic took her by the hand and went down to the basement with her where she promptly freaked out and ran upstairs. So they were like, oh no, like she's serious. Something down here is actually creeping her out. And then they were kind of like, well, what happened here? Like, why is she so freaked out? And who's this Cyrus person? So they started to like look into it. Did they play up that their hotel is haunted? Believe it mentions it on the site. They do interviews. There were like two or three newspaper articles that had like them being interviewed and them talking about it as the owners of the inn. So they play into it a little bit more than kind of anyone else would, I guess, on this list. So the fact that they acknowledge it makes me feel like it probably has a little more credibility than some of the others. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if, like, Silas died on the property. He did. Oh, he did? Yeah, it's in the paper. Oh, you had just said he died after a short illness. I didn't oh. realize he died on the property. Oh, that, no. like, excuse me, don't Sorry. withhold information I like that. I thought I did. In my notes, I wrote it. I just must have passed over. It said he died on the... Ca- um, in the Kennebunk Inn on June 1st, 1952, after a brief illness. So, yes, he died on the property. No way. That's awesome. That's yep. cool. I know. I mean, it's unfortunate that he died on the property. But, but also, he was 70-something. So, he lived a good well, life. Well, like, I just, like, I hope he didn't have, like, a, you know, heart attack during his shift or something. Yeah, so the but, newspaper article where they interview the owners that were talking about the, the woman that wouldn't go in the basement to get supplies... Their article refers to him as dying at 80 years old of a heart attack on the premises. But again, his obituary said he was 80-ish, 77, and it was a brief illness. So I don't know what he actually died from because I couldn't find... I think we need to get an Ancestry.com membership because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I could see it being something like the owners might know better. Like, there might be something like in old HR files or something like... To remove themselves from responsibility for what happened. But interesting. Like, oh man, I'm so excited that we finally, it's been like, how many episodes have we recorded? We finally have a situation where it's like, here is a ghost and it's this guy. He did die there. Oh, finally. I'm so excited. I mean, I'm excited that I have one. I'm really disappointed in the rest of these hotels because they let me down. (laughs) But maybe next time I go to Maine. I think it's kind of interesting that the ones... So, like, a little bit of a segue here. I think it's kind of interesting that the the cases that let you down were, like, these hotels are allegedly haunted, even though the hotels don't talk about them. Because I think that the reality of most situations is there are hotels that are like, we're definitely haunted. And they're kind of not, like... <laughs> yeah. Whereas these are, like, they're like, we don't talk about this. And then they're, like also like on these lists that other people have come up with so i think that's kind of an interesting 
backwards kind of <laughs> situation. Yes. But yeah, so we have a ghost that I, I was not able to debunk, which makes me happy because I don't like being able to debunk paranormal things because I would I like to believe don't. they exist. I'm, I'm the debunker. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm glad that I got to talk about one that was like, hmm, maybe that's real. Awesome. I did also want to end this with one of Silas's poems. I don't really know why. It just felt right. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love it. I think this is probably one of his like more well-known poems because I found it in more places. Um, was he published? He was published. I'm trying to find one of his books, though, not so much. Okay. Libraries don't seem to have them because I was going to take one out of the library to find like an appropriate poem. I mean, this was the most appropriate poem I could find. For Does he topic. write like body poetry? <laughs> like, is he like kind of dirty joke poetry? Like, no, no. Oh. I was just trying to find something that would kind of like fit in with the theme. I secretly was like, <laughs> does he write dirty limericks? Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, he might, but I couldn't really get my hands on one of his. But there was like a PDF that I found that I downloaded of like one of his books. Okay. Um, but I didn't find too much in there that was like kind of fitting with our theme. And then this one just seemed to be his most popular because I found it on multiple websites and I didn't have to look too hard for it. So we're going to go with that. Awesome. Let's um, hear it. So please don't judge my poetry skills because I'm not a poet. Even though I'm reading someone else's words, it's not going to sound right. <laughs> you know. So it is called The Common Road. <clears throat> I want to travel the common road with the great, ca- great crowd surging by, where there's many a laugh and many a load and many a smile and, not- and sigh. I want to be the common way with the endless tramping feet in the summer bright and winter gray, in the noonday sun and heat, in the cool of evening with shadows nigh, at dawn when the sun breaks clear, I want the great crowd passing by to ken what they see and hear. I want to be one of the common herd, not live in a sheltered way. I want to be thrilled, want to be stirred by the great crowd day by day, to glimpse the restful valleys deep, to toil up the rugged hill, to see the brooks which shyly creep, to have the torrents thrill. I want to laugh with the common man wherever he chants to be. I want to aid him when I can, whenever there's need of me. I want to lend a helping hand over the rough and steep to a child too young to understand, to comfort those who weep. I want to live and work and plan with the great crowd surging by, to mingle with the common man, no better or worse than I. That's it. Oh, I liked that. I liked it, too. So I read it. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm glad that we have, like, a haunting with a history, with like, a real person behind it, and that that person, like, seems like they had kind of an interesting life. Yeah. Very cool. I also like that, like, they referred to him in Maine as the people's poet. I did do a quick Google because I wanted to see if I had heard of this name before. So I apologize if there's a weird part earlier where I'm just like really quiet. I was researching. They also have a park named after him. They do. Which I yeah. thought was really kind of cool. That comes he wasn't up a lot. who I thought he was, even though his name sounded very familiar. But I think that's really cool. It sounds like he's somebody that like that area of Maine has kind of embraced as part of their history. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, when I was doing ser- like searches on Google and like newspapers and anywhere else that I was trying to look, I found a lot of stuff about the park. So that seems to be a place that is talked about frequently. Yeah, very cool. So that's all I got for haunted hotels, unfortunately. So I guess if you like want to go hang out with Silas, like take a visit to the Kennebunk Inn 
right? Is that the right one? Yeah. yeah. The Kennebunk Inn. But if you want to meet any of the other ghosts, it's hit or miss. <laughs> it's hit or miss. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for sharing that information with us. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed today's look at the haunted main hotels. Tune in next week for a tale of Madame Cherie and her castle. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Myth and Macabre. If you have any stories you'd like us to cover or any questions for us, you can send us an email at mythandmacabre at gmail.com. Bye.